1: Each episode, we answer one personal financial question in a clear and understandable way because money is a tool. And when you understand the language of money, you can make better decisions to improve your financial life. Hi, James. Hi, Scott. Happy October. Yeah, happy October. How's it going? Maybe uh, it's going well. Yeah. You know what comes after October?
0: Yeah, November. But you know what's my favorite thing about October? It's warm. I'm not going to tell anyone else in San Diego, but it's the best time to visit San Diego because the water's warm, mm-hmm. surfs
1: good. Yep, and it's hot. Weather's warm. It's amazing. Yeah, our summer gets messed up with June gloom and then carries into July. Mm-hmm. September, October, they're the best. So while San Diego is amazing, you know what doesn't feel amazing right now? What's that? The election. Ooh, I know. I love. I love all of it. It's just super divisive, right? Um, it is divisive, and uh, I. I I can't think that this is a good time to be an investor. Right? Well, that
0: is a question that comes up, which yeah. is what we're going to talk about today. Great. Right? Let's talk about stock markets and elections. Okay. Let's do it. Um, especially this one, right? It's Has it ever been more divisive? Maybe. We'll, we'll look at that. Maybe too.
1: not. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, But it is a common question, and it's a, it's a good question, is we got some ugly stuff happening. We've got some ugly stuff coming up, regardless of which side of the part or the whatever your political preferences are it's ugly right and as an investor what, what are we supposed to do with this should we should we protect what we have and help to, or try to navigate through this until things get better uh should we see it through should we make any adjustments to our portfolio how should we even start to think about what to do in an election year
0: mm-hmm. yep let's take a look Where let's take a look
1: start uh let's just look at numbers obviously every four years is different in terms of who's running, but just it's good perspective to see what's actually happened historically. Yeah. So people want to know, okay, what what is what does the market typically do in election years? Is it more volatile? Is the return different? And if you look at history, if you look at non-election years, just as a starting point, and use the S and P five hundred as your your baseline, the average return is about twelve percent. Mm-hmm. So if you just add up all the returns and divide it by however many years you did it over, it's it's twelve percent. Uh, if you look at the return during election years the average return is Mm 11.3%. So not statistically different Mm -hmm. by any means. And by the way, there's the average return, the annualized return side note, they're a little bit different. The annualized return is 10%, but which is what uh, everyone quotes all the time, which is what everyone quotes. And what's the return you can actually would have gotten in your investment portfolio. But in general, looking at average in a different way, it's really not that different than Mm -hmm. any other year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, um, uh one thing that 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 really hits home there to well to me a couple things but um if you if you're investing you're you should be investing because the belief system that you're privy to is capitalism Mm -hmm. it's the most important ism of them all Mm -hmm. as far as markets are concerned right Mm -hmm. which is basically that you and i and everyone listening to this podcast is going to wake up tomorrow morning and try to go better their lives yeah and we're going to try to make better products and run things more efficiently and sell things. And by doing so, we get to make a profit. And by doing that, some
1: people get to own the company. And by doing that, people get to benefit. Totally. And I think people grasp that at the micro level. Like I think because, yeah, Scott, you and I do that. And my my neighbor does that. And my friends do that. But it's hard to grasp that on the macro level, Mm -hmm. that the whole world is doing that. And that as long as the whole world keeps doing that, things continue to advance. Things continue to get better. I think that's hard to grasp. And all you see in the headlines is negativity this is wrong that's that's not going well and right whatever it might be
0: when it's a slow it's a slow grind yeah for the improvements right that happen and the rates of return that we get to see but at the end of the day if you believe people are going to get up to try to better their own lives then capitalism is probably going to work um not to say that it can't be unchecked there could be reasons to check capitalism at times but as we can see here uh, whether it uh it's an election year, a non-election year, and then we're actually going to link to in show notes looking at the past presidents, I think, since Hoover. So going back to the 1929, as far as we can have data, uh, it really didn't matter if Republicans were in power or Democrats were in power or who was in power in Congress versus who is in power in the
1: presidency. Markets like to go up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So in terms of is our election year different to invest in from a return perspective. And again, not every four years is going to have the same return market. But on average, it's the same that you would expect in the other year. Right. One thing that people then also say is, OK, well, maybe the return is the same, but it seems a lot more volatile. And, and you could make a case for that. But to me, and, and this isn't scientific, this is just my thoughts on it. Mm. It's kind of like you go buy a red car and then you see red cars everywhere. Mm hmm it's 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 almost like that for the election to me of, mm-hmm. oh, stock markets are volatile. And I, I have something to peg it to because I'm looking at through this lens of it's an election year, things must be volatile. So you begin to see volatility everywhere.
0: Mm-hmm. Also, if you just, you know, you're saying that I'm just thinking as you're saying that, and I'm looking back short term, uh, markets actually weren't vol- very volatile for the last few years until COVID hit. We did have that one downturn in, in the quarter in like Q4 of 2018. 2018. But outside of that, it was actually really a very minimal amount of volatility and a slow grind up Mm -hmm. um, where we only really saw volatility recently, which also then gives you a recency bias where like you feel more volatile than it actually may be.
1: Definitely. Definitely. And so it's, and volatility it comes and goes and, and, and kind of fits and spurts, but it's always there. Yeah. It's not like it just shows up in election years, whether it's trade wars or inflation concerns or Eurozone crises or COVID or Ebola, you know, whatever it is. There's always a reason for the market to be skittish and there will always be that reason. But I think when it comes to election years, every four years we see it, it just almost gives us this mental anchor of, oh, election year equals volatility, when the reality is that volatility is almost always there and you just have a reason for it at that right. time. Well, yeah, that's true. But, but, but come on, man. I mean, seriously, it's never been this ugly. I don't know. I, I, am not sure that's true, Scott. <laughs> so You're let's wrong. look at it. Let's go back to George Washington. I, I wrote here, we have this picture of George Washington as this American hero, you know, that painting where he's crossing the Delaware. And it's just that it's just peaceful. Everyone got along, everyone agreed on everything. And, and he is a hero. And then he did a lot of incredible things. But things weren't peaceful at that time. No. And in fact, when George Washington was president, he said, newspapers are filled with all the invective that disappointment, ignorance of facts, and malicious falsehoods could invent to misrepresent my politics. Mm-hmm. Which is really just a much more elegant way of saying fake news. Fake news. <laughs> yes. Thomas Jefferson, a couple presidents later, said, nothing can now be believed which is seen in a newspaper. Truth itself becomes suspicious by being put into that polluted vehicle.
0: Yeah. No. Yeah.
1: No. Doesn't seem that peaceful or that calm you know it's it's not the uh it it's, it's maybe not today but today's today is ugly but it's not as if things weren't ugly in the past as well
0: right and then if you've been under a rock and haven't been to watch hamilton on demand yet yep. right um and you should see it but uh you know you, you'll you know that if you've seen it that hamilton was killed in a duel with aaron burr mm-hmm. um who you know hamilton was formerly the secretary of treasury and very involved in forming our government. And Burr was the sitting vice president at the time of the duel.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. so um, you know. Th- that's the equivalent of Mike Pence today going out and, and shooting a former Secretary of Treasury. Right. It's very ugly. Yeah. Like if that were to happen, we would say this has never been this ugly in history. I- except the very founding fathers. That's that's what we had. Yeah. So, um, not, not to say this isn't ugly. I think anyone would agree this has not been a, a pleasant election cycle. But... It's not as if what we're going through now is is unprecedented. Yes, yeah. the details are different. There's new things. There's new ways of doing it, but this has kind of been part of our history for as long as our history has been a thing. Mm-hmm. So, what I often see is people like to use the election as an excuse, and mm-hmm. and this is this is just common. We like to give rational reasons for what we're feeling emotionally, yep. and. Several years ago, when President Obama be- first became elected, a lot of Republican clients called, and they were very concerned about what the stock market was going to do. Mm-hmm. And let's get more conservative. Let's go to cash. I don't think this is going to be good for your business. And then over the next eight years, the stock market went on an absolute run. Mm-hmm. Four years ago, when President Trump was elected, a lot of Democrat clients called in and said, I don't think this is good for the country. I don't think this is good for our investments. Let's go to cash. Let's get more conservative. And since then, the market has gone on a run. Yeah. And and those are just the two most recent examples, but really history tells us that regardless of when you started, that's kind of always been the excuse. And so it's just what it's showing is is using your political preference as a way of, of monitoring your investment decisions or making your investment decisions doesn't prove to be something that's gonna help you in terms of building wealth long term.
0: No, it's not a quality lens. And you know, markets as a whole always climb a wall of uncertainty. That's how markets work. And that's we get rewarded for that uncertainty. Um, we also have to deal with the drawbacks and, and the drawdowns of that uncertainty when uncertainty becomes so vast that we don't know how to price it. Right. Right. Like during the beginning of the, the COVID crisis. So it, it, it's good to take a step back, which we perhaps we can get to things people can do um, now knowing <laughs> what, what's ahead for them with the election. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: And, and, and even, uh, you know, we, we talk about, okay, well, maybe you don't like either of the, the uh, options going into the election. Maybe that's you. Yeah. Well, since, since the Kennedy administration, the sitting president has been viewed unfavorably by more than half of the country 45% of the time. Yeah. Which means it's not uncommon for most of the country not to view the president favorably. And, and over the last 55 years, the markets have actually performed best when the president's approval rating pulled somewhere between 35 and 50% fascinating so this just goes to your point that you made earlier scott that we're not investing in a president we're not investing in a country we're not even investing in an economy we're investing in real companies who are in business Mm -hmm. to make profits and when they make profits they pass those profits to shareholders yes so in investing you are a shareholder of the world's great companies and if they can find a way to make profits which they've done then those profits ultimately flow to you yep
0: but isn't a republican president better than like for the market than maybe like a democratic president
1: not necessarily. Hmm. And and so again, if we go back to 1896, William McKinley was elected and he became the 25th president of the United States. I have all this memorized, by the way, I'm not reading notes.
0: Yeah, no notes for you. <laughs>
1: I'm just a history buff. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Since then, we've had 13 Republicans and we've had eight Democrats in office. And if you just look at that, so not a perfect split, but we've had a mix of both Republicans and Democrats. Yeah. If you had $10,000 and you invested in the Dow Jones Industrial Average at that time, so in 1896, by the end of 2019, that money would have grown to over $7 million. So that's a huge amount of growth. Yeah. $7 million of growth. If instead of doing that, you had said, you know what? I'm only going to invest when my preferred political party is in office. Mm-hmm. In either case, whether you are a Republican or whether you are a Democrat, if you only invested when your party was in office, you had less than $1 million in both instances. Wow. That's a, that's a huge difference. Yeah. It's not times. like <laughs> seven times. <laughs> what this goes to... As this just shows the power of compounding interest. Yeah, and do not let anything—definitely not your political affiliations—get in the way of your portfolio being able to reap the benefits of compound interest. Hmm. Capitalism beats politics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. So, in general, um, you know, going back to investing in an election year, mm-hmm. does it make sense to change your strategy? Should there be anything that you're you're going to do different? I would say no. No. And I would say get used. To volatility not just for election years but for every year yeah I, I think it it, to,
0: it always to me it should come back to what's driving you why are you doing what you're doing to build a great to build financial assets for yourself and then how are you structuring that those those portfolios and your balance sheet to help you get where you want to go right and if it's not you know if, if that hasn't changed, you more than likely shouldn't be doing anything regarding who's coming into power or leaving power mm-hmm. in the presidency or in Congress.
1: yeah and, and this is where planning is so important because if you are say you're approaching retirement and you're oh, I just can't afford for my investments to go down in value well you, you, you shouldn't try to predict what's the stock market going to do. you need to make sure you have a portfolio that has a right mix of assets, yeah. some of which w- could go down during an election cycle some of which might protect if stock markets go down. Absolutely. And so how do you design a portfolio to reflect that? Whereas if you have 20, 30 years until retirement, you're you're crossing your fingers and praying that the stock market goes down. Cuz yeah, you, so just want to you buy add money up. to your 401k. Absolutely. You're buying at lower and lower prices. Like it's the Nordstrom a, half annual sale. Let's do this. Exactly. Exactly. So th- that that's where it's important to know your unique goals and that's where it's important to design a portfolio that connects you with those goals. Uh, but in general, there's no evidence that we should be making changes to our portfolio based upon the election year, based yeah. upon what can be happened, just because so much of it is unpredictable. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Well, from here, what we'll do in the in the next coming episodes, we're going to talk a bit more about um, investing yes. and about asset allocation, which ties more deeply into
1: this conversation. Kind of as we're tying it up. Um, anything else for today? No, I, th- I think that's a good teaser for the next series. We're talking about don't change your investments. But we often talk about um, different planning points, investments in general. But the next few episodes after today, what we're going to be doing is, is kind of doing a series of how do you design a portfolio? You know, what are the principles that you should be basing it on? How do you know uh, what to focus on and what's right for you based on different goals? So be sure to tune into that. If you have any questions, make sure that you're submitting those so we can answer those on future episodes as well. And that's all I got. Same. Thanks, Scott. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Real Personal Finance Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let us know by leaving a five star review. And if you have a question that you'd like for us to answer, then head over to the Real Personal Finance website at realpersonalfinance.co. And there's a section on the bottom of each page there where you can submit your question for us to answer in a future episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is for informational entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon for a basis for investment decision. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.